Volume 3, Chapter 4 of Gwen Wynne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Gwen Wynne, A Romance of the Wye by Main Reed. Volume 3, Chapter 4 A Suspicious Craft. To the waterman's unreserved statement of facts and suspicions, Captain Rycroft makes no rejoinder. The last are in exact consonance with his own already conceived, the first alone new to him. And on the first he now fixes his thoughts, directing them to that particular one of a boat being in the neighbourhood of the Langoran grounds about the time he was leaving them for it too has a certain correspondence with something on the same night observed by himself a circumstance he had forgotten or ceased to think of but now recalled with vivid distinctness all the more as he listens to the conjectures of wingate about three men having been in that boat and whom he supposed them to be the number is significant as corresponding with what occurred to himself the time as well since but a few hours before he also had his attention drawn to a boat under circumstances somewhat mysterious the place was different for all not to contradict the supposition of the waterman rather confirming it on his way to the court his black dress kersimer protected by india-rubber overalls ryecroft as known had ridden to wingate's house and was thence rowed to langorren his going to a ball by boat instead of carriage or hotel hackney was not for the sake of convenience nor yet due to eccentricity the prospect of a private interview with this betrothed at parting as on former occasions expected to be pleasant was his ruling motive for this arrangement besides his calls at the court were usually made in the same way his custom being to ride as far as the wingate cottage leave his roadster there and thence take the skiff between his town and the waterman's house there is a choice of routes the main country road keeping well away from the river and a narrower one which follows the trend of the stream along its edge were practicable but also here and there thrown off by meadows subject to inundations or steep spurs of the parallel ridges this an ancient trackway now little used was the route captain ryecroft had been accustomed to take on his way to wingate's cottage not from its being shorter or better but for the scenery which far excelling that of the other equals any upon the wise side in addition the very loneliness of the road had its charm for him since only at rare intervals his house seen by its side and rarer still living creature encountered upon it even where it passes rugs ferry there intersecting the ford road the same solitude characterizes it for this quaint conglomeration of dwellings is on the opposite side of the stream all save the chapel and the priest's house standing some distance back from the bank and screened by a spinney of trees 
with the topography of this plan he is quite familiar and now tonight it is vividly recalled to his mind by what the waterman has told him for on that other night so sadly remembered as he was riding past rugs he saw the boat thus brought back to his recollection he had got a little beyond the crossing of the ford road where it leads out from the river himself on the other going downwards when his attention was drawn to a dark object against the bank on the opposite side of the stream the sky at the time moonless he might not have noticed it but for other dark objects seen in motion beside it the thing itself being stationary despite the obscurity he could make them out to be men busied around a boat something in their movements which seemed made in a stealthy manner too cautious for honesty prompted him to pull up and sit in his saddle observing them he had himself no need to take precautions for concealment the road at this point passing under old oaks whose umbrageous branches arcading over shadowed the causeway making it dark around as the interior of a cavern nor was he called upon to stay long there only a few seconds after drawing bridle just time enough for him to count the men and see there were three of them when they stepped over the sides of the boat pushed her out from the bank and rowed off down the river even then he fancied there was something surreptitious in their proceedings for the oars instead of rattling in their rowlocks made scarce any noise while their dip was barely audible though so near soon both boat and those on board were out of his sight and the slight sound made by them beyond his hearing had the road kept along the river's bank he would have followed and further watched them but just below rugs it is carried off across a ridge with steep pitch and while ascending this he ceased to think of them he might not have thought of them at all had they made their embarkation at the ordinary landing-place by the ford and ferry there such a sight would have been nothing unusual nor a circumstance to excite curiosity but the boat when he first observed it was lying below up against the bank by the chapel ground across which the men must have come recalling all this with what jack wingate has just told him connecting events together and making comparison of time place and other circumstances he thus interrogatively reflects might not that boat have been the same whose oars jack heard down below and the men in it those whose name he has mentioned three of them that at least in curious correspondence but the time about nine or a little after as i passed rugg's ferry that appears too early for the after event no they may have had other arrangements to make before proceeding to their murderous work odd though their knowing she would be out there but they need not to have known that likely did not more like they meant to enter the house after every one had gone away and there do the deed a night different from the common everything in confusion 
the servants sleeping sounder than usual from having indulged in drink some of them overcome by it as i saw myself before leaving yes it's quite probable the assassins took all that into consideration surprised no doubt to find their victim so convenient in fact as if she had come forth to receive them poor girl all this chapter of conjectures has been to himself and in sombre silence at length broken by the voice of his boatman saying you come afoot captain and it be longish walk to the town most of the road muddy ye'll let me row you up the river leastways for a couple of miles further then ye can take the footpath through powell's meadows roused as from reverie the captain looking out sees they are nearly up to the boatman's cottage which accounts for the proposal thus made after a little reflection he says in reply well jack if it wasn't that i dislike overworking you don't mention it interrupts jack i'll be only too pleased to take you all the way to the town itself if ye say the word ain't so late yet but to leave me plenty o time besides i've got to go up to the ferry anyhow to get some grocery for mother i may as well do it in the boat deed better than draggling along them roguish roads in that case i consent but you must let me take the oars no captain i'd prefer working him myself if it be all the same to you the captain does not insist for in truth he would rather remain at the tiller not because he is indisposed for a spell of pulling nor is it from disinclination to walk that he has so readily accepted the waterman's offer after reflecting he would have asked the favour so courteously extended and for a reason having nothing to do with convenience for the fear of fatigue but a purpose which has just shaped itself in his thoughts suggested by the mention of the ferry it is that he may consider this be left free to follow the train of conjecture which the incident has interrupted he yields to the boatman's wishes and keeps his seat in the stern by a fresh spurt the mare is carried beyond her mooring-place as she passes it her owner for an instant feathering his oars and holding up his hat it is a signal to one he sees there standing outside in the moonlight his mother end of chapter four read by lars rolander